Welcome back to the Final Whistle Podcast. Time you run! Welcome back on the Final Whistle. Fifey and I are in a studio for Indigenous Round 11. Tonight we will recap Round 10. We have our normal Rugby League Around the Ground segment and we'll finish the podcast with the preview of Round 11 in Indigenous Round of what that it is. Um, before we start, Fifey, what caught your eye in Round 10, mate? Mate, oh, I was watching the South and Canberra match. Uh, oh, obviously, with great intent because my boy was watching it. Um, I'm going to have to um, can him from watching any more South games while he's got his arm in a sling and nearly popped, uh, popped the bone fully in half because he jumped up when Marini, Marini Harati scored that winning try for, for South and he just jumped up. Uh, in that match, mate, a camera dude who's carry, he's carrying the um, microphone to catch the, the crowd noise, he was walking backwards and he tripped over one of those advert signs on the ground. And he went arse over tea and the uh, crowd around him, you could hear on the, on the mic go, hey, so you don't see that every every time. Like it's something that happens once in a blue moon and it was funny to see it, that the camera happened to get it because that's where the uh, play was. What, what, what caught your eye, mate? Yeah, that's why it's what caught your eye. Um, just something different in regards to rugby league. Yeah, um, I'll stay with the Raiders and South Sydney game. Um, more penalties than points scored in the first first half. Yeah. <coughs> Sam, the Englishman, causing a ruck there with the referees. We were talking about this via inbox, man, and <coughs> honestly, he should have been sent after the third. Um, the referees kind of lost their way a bit in that first half, but to mm. their credit, the second half only had that one penalty in it. Mm, yeah, well, like you said, it was... <laughs> The game was getting away from them, but like I said, we go back to consistency. You know, he gives five penalties away in ten minutes and stays on the park, and then you got poor Curtis Mann who who holds down in the ruck, you know, just outside, just outside his line there, and the, the game's practically over then anyway. And then the referees decide to send him for ten. I don't get it. Um, uh, yeah, no, nah, that one there. That's a total different rule. Uh, Sam has been an niggling little Englishman, and um, unfortunately. Kurt Mann held the play down within an attacking range. To be yeah. fair, probably one of them probably wasn't a penalty. Um, I, can't, I can't remember. Yeah, one of the guys one... dove, dove at him and he dropped the ball, but he, he played, it the, played it off the mark four, minute, uh, four metres off the mark. Um, and to Sam's credit, he actually, he actually explained it well, and I don't think the referees had much they could say because they were probably right, and then they just had to go back to their normal lingo. It was like, we've made the call, mate, move on. Um, and to yeah, me, no, he, he was, was a, it was, he was, he was a knock on that one. Yeah, that was a knock on. Um, but still, giving away five penalties for one person, that's pretty piss poor. Um, pretty sure any other team that do it would have hooked them, would have hooked the player, sat him down for 25 minutes just so we didn't cop any more penalties. And if you, if you do that in park football, you're hooked or your teammate gives you a a stiff upper lip to tell you to shut the hell up and wake up. That's it. Uh, Lady from the front, as they say, Captain. Some, um, well, not breaking news. <coughs> we probably all thought it was coming sooner rather than later. Yeah, Cooper Cronk's announced his retirement, mate. Yeah, so he announced his retirement. We all knew that was coming. Um, he came up here to play two more years after finding love 
Um, he's had 350 or over 350 NRL appearances. I watched his um, farewell speech yesterday and <laughs> he had to mention there's a lot of there's been a lot of talk in the main media about he's and um, Cameron's personal friendship relationship at the moment yeah um man he said he, he summed it up pretty well he, he, he spoke you know he, he's the ultimate ultimate businessman and he spoke of high high praise of um cameron smith and saying that he caught the ball from one future immortal and passed it to another and billy slater um his job was easy <laughs> oh far from it i reckon he's he, he's he's sugarcoating it very humble very he, humble um, <coughs> He plays junior footy as a as a hooker slash centre, and when he got to Melbourne, Billy was already in centre and Cameron was already in the hooking role. So he had to, in order to get himself into the NRL, he had to change position. And at nineteen twenty years of age, when you've kind of been playing certain positions for your life, to go and actually change a whole position just to get in the first grade, mate, I reckon that there shows a true lover of the game irregardless if you're a Melbourne hater or a Roosters hater or even Queensland hater what he did on the football field in terms of having to actually you know if you go back and he changes you know he had to change his way of his game in order to get into NRL that to me yeah it's it's going to be hard for when they do go and duck the next group of immortals. Mark Lyre came out yesterday and said that unfortunately he wouldn't cut uh, the immortal stage for at least another 15, 20, maybe 30 years just with the calibre of players in front of him. But yeah, you look at the calibre of players in front of him and they're all Queenslanders too. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> you did like, mention that he, you know, he he's, he's called curtains on his career now. Uh, we can put that to bed. Uh, Bruce's... You know, have got a million bucks there to free up a spot to replace him. He, he played three, over, he's played over 350 games, um, 38 tests for Australia, 22 Origin uh, appearances for Queensland in a dominant era. To think he only played 22 Origin series um, for the amount of, you know, games or the amount of seasons he's been in the NRL is, um, shows you how dominant Queensland were with all the halves that they had there. Um, he was behind Lockyer and Thurston. For a huge chunk of the time. Exactly. And he bit, his t- he bit his time on the bench there, a bit like what they did with Morgan as well. So, yeah, so um, we'll just read a couple of things um, that was in the press conference. You know, Cronk thanked the members, the fans, the supporters of, of both Melbourne and Roosters for creating an environment and atmosphere with plenty of support. Just on that, he actually said that Uncle Nick and Uncle Trent were willing to fly up the leadership crew from Melbourne that he played around for a while and, and Craig Bellamy. But he uh, told him not to worry because it's in the middle of a football season. No, that's all. Like I said, very humble. Like, you know, I was listening to the press conference and the choice of words he used and and just the way he went about his persona was, you know, second to none. You know, he went on to say, you know, without Melbourne Storm in his life, um, he wouldn't be the person he is today. Uh, he just really appreciates everything they did for him. You know, he moved down there as a teenager, and without them, he wouldn't be the player he is standing there today. Uh, he went on to pay tribute and describe what is the big three of Melbourne with Slater, Smith, and Bellamy. Um, he, you know, went on to say that the 
you know, Slater and Smith will go down as the two best players in res- in respect to their own positions. Um, that, that and it made him. I, I love this comment. It made him the third best wheel um, player in the game. You know, just because he could, and he just like he said, he just jumped off the back of them, and you know, when they wanted the ball, passed it to them, passed it to Smith, or went left and passed it to, to Slater. But I, I feel, you know, he's not giving himself enough credit. He transformed that number seven jersey, not just um, in his kicking game and uh, in, uh, in his running game, but in his try-scoring ability. You don't see many halves these days scoring um, a, lo- a lot of points. But he's on 99 NRL tries, you know, in 16 seasons. You know, it's it's not that bad for a half that to say, yeah, we'll give it to him on a nice tackle and, and boot it downfield. He, he actually offered um, more to that um and position, you know, you go back of the back of the days of um, <coughs> Joey Johns as well. So um, that old school, you know, late late eighties, nineties um, footballer, um, you know, he's brought into the new age era here. Um, you know, he said that he also he respects, you know, Craig Bellamy is, you know, one of the m- most respected players on the planet or coaches on the planet. Um, he's never. He, he said he's never shouted him a beer in fifteen years. So he can't wait till he can he can get his first shout from Craig Bellamy. Don't know if there was a, that's an inside joke there or um, a bit of a bit of um, friendly fire there between the two. But he said most importantly that um, he's a he's a mate first and coach second. And that shows you you know the person um, who Craig Bellamy is really. Yeah, no, it is. You know, you as a coach, <coughs> you want to be able to lay down the law, but you also want to be able to have the trust of your of your playing group so uh whether wherever it is you know being friendly with them going out and having drinks making sure that they're uh, okay when stuff at home isn't going on but at the same time you've got to be able to lay that law down what you want from your players on the field exactly uh says that here that he's won three premierships to restore on the roosters but if you count the other two, they got stripped. He's actually won five premierships. Yeah, all players count every premiership. They've all got rings and tattoos for him. So, yeah, he's won five premierships. Stuff what they said. Um, two Dally M Player of the Year awards, five Dally M Halfback of the Year awards, and he did win that one Clive Churchill medal in two thousand and twelve. Made in two thousand sixteen, voted the best player in the game. Um, just yeah, before... there's not there's one stat that's not there, and that's played eighty minutes of football with a broken shoulder. Yes, in the grand final last year. Yeah, um, there's, not, there's not too many people like you. You think about it, John Sattler broken jaw, but it wasn't broken when he started the game. Um, Sam Burgess broken cheekbone, but that wasn't broken in the start of the game. <coughs> he walked into the grand final, the biggest game of the year, with a broken shoulder. Seventeen and centimeters in his cap. It shows. It shows that um, the respect from from the Storm then because they never really ran at him. They ran at him a couple of times, but for the most part... Credit goes to Brewster's defence, but they covered him quite well. Uh, he was standing in his normal position, third in, on whatever flank he was on that night. I think that was probably... It was pretty um, un-Melbourne-like to throw the ball around, and I think the Roosters made him play... Well, they capitalised on it, and right now they're sitting in the best position to go back-to-back since... 94. Since ninety two, ninety three, in the um, the Broncos, but you know today, so you know they let him have his sunlight yesterday, and um, today they you know telegraph everyone straight onto who they're going, who, who's going to replace him. Mm, it's going to be, that's going to be, <coughs> it's going to be 
oh yeah, linked with this player, linked to that player, it's going to be... That's going to be another drama, isn't it? He's, the Telegraph's going to... They're already, they're already talking about a 16-year-old Ben Walker's son. And We're talking about that young fella from the Broncos. Dregan. Yeah, Dregan. Yeah, well, they gave away Sean O'Sullivan. Um, but, yeah, they're talking about Sam Walker. He's 16, for God's sake. Let him, let him mature, develop. I've seen some highlights. He's, he's a great player. He'll play in a role. But the fact that... You know, he's going to get tied down at the Roosters. 16, you can't you can't play until you're 18. So... You've got to find someone in the next two years. Well, they've already got two people sitting in North Sydney, Lachlan Lamb and, and Brock Lamb. Um, so, you know, they sign him as a 16-year-old. Whether or not they bring him down into the Roosters SG ball system next year or keep him up in the Queensland area... Um, but he's going to be playing for North Sydney Bears behind Lockie and, and Brock. <laughs> Lockie and Brock are going to get first bite of that cherry, and I think Lockie will get the first chance. It also talks that they'll put Kiri at seven and Latrell <laughs> at six. Is that an option? Yeah, the, Kiri will go to seven, and Lockie's a better a better five eight. He plays five eight for North Sydney, and Brock's the actual halfback. So if they were to go, <coughs> if they were to go with Kiri at, at half next year. They put Lockie into five eight, or if they're going to keep Kiri at five eight, they probably bring Brock into into the halfback. But yeah, this Sam kid's still going to have to sit around waiting behind those two boys. Exactly. Just before we finish up here, the <coughs> intro, um, one final question: um, Is he the best half in the game since Joey Johns? <coughs> JT. Well, JT played half and five eight. Cooper uh, Brock. Is probably he'd probably be in the top top five for halfbacks, or maybe just outside the five. Joey's up, Joey obviously is up there as number one, irregardless of what people say about his um, drug taking, whatever else for his career. He changed the kicking game, as in like you know being able to face one way kick at the other way and the banana kick. Thurston, he's up there as well. He's probably almost on par with Joey just for just for doing it for his people. Like, you know, for you know, back in the seventies and, and early eighties they had Arthur Beatson. Early nineties they had Nathan Blacklock and to a lesser degree Anthony Mundine. And then, you know, you had your Jonathan Thurston, Greg Inglis and all of that. So yeah, Jonathan Thurston was a very, very nifty player. Um, as for other halfbacks that are, you know, that are up there, you've got Stacey Jones, if you want to talk about the Warriors. Alfie you? Langer. Alfie Langer's another one. Going back into the, the 80s, I saw, saw Lam highlight in the last part of his career, Peter Sterling. You know, Pam Matter's still finding the next Peter Sterling, and that's been going for 32 years, 33 years. Oh, <laughs> um, no, sorry, he retired in 92, so 25, 26 years. Um, yeah, so uh, in terms of halfbacks, he's probably, it's hard to gauge across different eras, but he's up with those other four, other four or five that I mentioned. Awesome. All right, Cooper Cronk from all of us here at the final whistle. Um, we say good good luck for the rest of the season. Hope you guys go back to back and good luck in retirement, mate. Recap round 10. Melbourne Storm have pulled off a remarkable against the grain victory to register a thrilling 
24-22 win over West Tigers at Amy Park on Thursday night. The Storm looked dead and buried when they trailed by 8, 22-14, with a little over 10 minutes remaining. But late tries to Seve in the 69th minute and Will Chambers in the 77th minute ensured the victory for Bellamy's boys. West Tigers coach Michael Maguire was left to rue the late fade-out that cost his side victory, quoting it was a tough one to take. Man of the match in Ryan Popperhausen with one try, one offload, two line breaks, seven tackle busts, 15 runs for 247 metres. Fifey, will this Tigers loss, will, will they rue this loss come September? No, I don't think so. Um, they've got a kind of easy easy run at the back end of the season, so I reckon they will um, work on their... On their um, Goal line defence. Goal line defence under fatigue. So that's what I'll be working on training is getting them more fatigued and then working the goal line defence. Awesome. <coughs> on to Friday. Mid-season Warriors recruit Cody Nicarima has helped pour more misery on the Penrith Panthers with a scintillating second-half try to polish a dominant 30-10 to win at Panther Stadium. Nicarima was at his roving best in, the second, in his second appearance since shifting from Brisbane as the visitors piled on all converted tries and free penalty goals to leave the Panthers embarrassed on home turf and languishing at the bottom of the ladder. Panthers had no answers for a composed Warriors outfit despite plenty of chances inside their position 20. The results leaves Ivan Cleary's men slumped to their sixth consecutive loss for the season and their longest losing streak since 2002. Penrith with 52 missed tackles and 14 errors in the loss. 18 points points for Herbert in the man of the match display. What makes it even worse is that the crowd booed him at halftime and booed him at the end of the match. Dale, what do you reckon? Penrith hit rock bottom? I thought they hit rock bottom last week when they lost, you know, five in a row, but surely they're in hell at the moment. Um, Ivan Cleary's not a miracle worker, but he's got seven days to spread his magic, or not even that, six days, because they're playing on Thursday next week, this week, sorry, um, and go from there. Um, I watched, I actually watched this game, and they actually look like individuals and not playing as a team. Apparently there's a rift up there, so we'll soon see what happens after this week. You would have thought with all those, with all those sex scandals, they would have brought them closer. Possibly, possibly. <laughs> right, we'll go to the second game on Friday. Seguiaro seals it as Broncos win in, in an epic battle over the Roosters. The Broncos have ended the Roosters' streak of eight wins through a sneaky dummy half um, work of new signing, James Seguiaro, which helped secure a 15-10 win at Suncorp Stadium on Friday night. When the 28-year-old former Shark ducked through the legs of the Roosters' defence in the 69th minute to score, the... Huge Brisbane crowd erupted. The Broncos had not won back-to-back games all season until now. Payne Haas, man of the match with one try, two offloads, one line break, eight tackle busts, 20 runs for 223 metres, and 83 of them being post-contact. Will he play Origin this year, mate? Um, He'll be in in that 20 squad, whether or not he gets a run over some of the incumbents from last year. It remains to be seen. Um, I'm guessing he's come on strong since having that um, in-house suspension. Um, I reckon not just yet. 
he's still growing as a kid. <laughs> I think he's 18. He's still got to grow for another three years. Um, uh, if I was Freddie, I'd get him in. In the mix. In, in and I don't even know if he's in the um, emerging blue squad. So I honestly wouldn't be picking players outside that emerging blue squad because then it defeats the purpose of having an emerging blue squad when we go, oh, no, we'll go pick him because he's played good for the last five games. He might be one of the form forwards, but you have... Your systems. Your systems in place for a, re- for a reason. So, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect him to play barring a massive injury toll. <coughs> um, maybe next year. Awesome. Dogs inflict more pain on the Gold Coast Titans in a comeback victory. <coughs> Kieran Forum Masterclass, and we haven't heard that in many years, has piled further misery onto the Gold Coast Titans. The Bulldogs fighting back from a 16-0 deficit to win 22-16. Titans coach Garth Brennan labelled his team dumb and mentally soft for their <coughs> second half capitation against the Sharks last week. And yet again, they were kept scoreless in the second half for a set, for a second straight week. It's the third time in four losses that the Titans have given up commanding leads, having led the West Tigers 14-0. They lose 34-14 in round seven, going down 26-18 to Cronulla at the start of Magic Round. And despite having 18-10 advantage, a tough time. The Titans did complete better, had less missed tackles and errors, but couldn't come away with the win. In the end, men of the match, Jaden Ockenball, two tries, one offload, two line breaks, three tackle busts, 10 runs for 170 metres. Is four and getting back to his best form that we saw at Manly Dale, or is it too soon to ask that? Um, he did look good. Um, he has shown glimpses of his form at Manly a few years ago, but then he, then he gets injured. So if he stays fit, stays injury-free, uh, injury sorry, um, we know how much of a class player he is, and that form um, that he had at Manly, that won him a premiership, um, will kick in. Or is his body too past it? Hope not. He's been through a lot, but time will tell. Like I said, if he can stay on the park, um, he'll go a long way to regaining that form. All right, Cowboys leave it late to see off Eels. The North Queensland Cowboys scored two tries in the last 15 minutes to secure a much-needed 17-10 win over Parramatta. After squandering several chances in the first half, the Cowboys found their rhythm late as Kyle Felt and Tom Opacek crossed to secure Paul Green's men just their fourth win in 2019. With Origin selection looming, Scott made a statement with a powerful game up front and he was arguably supported by the unstoppable man of the match, (coughs) Jason Tamalolo, 233 uh, metres plus 40 tackles. Cowboys had 10 players who ran over 100 metres and won for 200 metres, completed at 81%. Only made five errors and only missed 12 <coughs> tackles. Eels go five and five. Is there a way form hurting your top eight chances, mate? Not really, because um, as the record goes, you only need 26, 28 points to make the top eight. Um, so they're banking on winning all their home games? Well, yeah, you want you want to win all your home games. That's that. That should be your number one goal at the start of the year: is to win all your home games and win three or four, five away games. 
they've already got the fire for you away. Now they're just going to focus on all their home games for the rest of the season. And they should be in that eight, which will be a surprise packet. <coughs> Rabbitohs hold on against a gutsy Raiders. South Sydney have stood strong and repelled a courageous Raiders outfit to claim their sixth win in a row with a 16-12 win in the nation's capital. The match at around took a while to warm up. A trialist first half was littered with penalties as the wrath of the referees came down on South Sydney skipper Sam Burgess. From the first eight penalties, the Rabbitohs considered he gave away five of them, but still stayed on the park. His brother, George Burgess, conceded two more. However, a try to Cody Walker soon after the half-time off the back of a seven-tackle set gave the visitors the momentum needed as to hang in there for their ninth win of the season. The loss for Canberra is another heartbreaking one with Ricky Stewart's men losing by a combined 10 points against the Roosters and Rabbitohs in the space of a week. Man, the match has to go to Walker. One try, one line break, one try assist, four tackle busts, one line break assist, 11 tries and 10 rounds. Surely Cody Walker has to have a Blues jersey though. Yes, he's in there for Peachy as a number 14 or number 17, whichever number they give to him. As a utility, um, he's the form man of the comp. He's probably the best player in the comp at the moment uh, for a New South Welshman, that is. Um, he's the most of the Queenslanders at the moment, too. True that. He deserves to be there. Um, if I was picking the side, he would be there. He would be on the bench for Peachy, <coughs> as he can play center, six, seven, and he can even play him as a nine if there's any injuries. Um, the rest is up to Fitler now. <laughs> Pierce and Ponga slay the Dragons A few days after Blues coach Brad Fittler named him As a contender Newcastle halfback Mitchell Pierce May have put himself in the frame For an unlikely origin recall After compi- combining with fullback Caelan Ponga To inspire a stunning 45-12 um, Humiliating defeat over the St. <coughs> George Orr Dragons In Mudgee on Sunday Pierce scored a try Helped create another four for his teammates And kicked 35 I kicked the 35-metre field goal as the Knights ran riot um, for an out-of-sorts Dragons team to give Blues coach Brad Fittler a timely reminder of his ability. Dragons fourth loss in a row to pile more pressure on McGregor. Knights again completed at almost 90% and made 150 less tackles. Man of the match, Pierce, one try, four try assists, two tackle busts, three line break assists, 140-20, made 12 tackles. Does he get an origin recall? I'd love to say yes, but Fittler's got a massive amount of halves that he can choose from. He's got <coughs> Luke Geary, which he's got two hands on a jersey. He just doesn't know which number he's going to get yet. Uh, you've got Cody Walker, Adam Reynolds. You've got Mitchell, Mitchell Pierce, and then you've got the incumbents, <coughs> Maloney and Cleary. You can almost guarantee that Maloney has played his last Origin game. As for Nathan Cleary, the more I hear Fred Fittler talk about him, the more I believe Cleary is playing game one. There's a couple of things which I did post up on the page, but he did come out um, and rebut um, the master man, Wayne Bennett, by saying that when he sits there in his South Sydney jacket, he doesn't have the best will for New South Wales. <laughs> and that was in regards to the Bennett saying that the incumbents of last year are playing 
crap footy. Um, and then I heard him on the Triple M also um, defending Nathan by speaking of his own past experiences as a half in saying that um, you got to have a forward pack that's going to lay the platform for a halfback to be able to do his thing, which I agree immensely. If your forwards aren't running and your halfback's running more than your forwards, then maybe he's in the wrong team or the forwards need to pull the finger out of their ass. But <laughs> when it's inside the 20, <coughs> it the, the, the attacking play solely rests on the halfback. Now, we've seen long-range kicks just kick it down there and hope for the best. We've seen 30-metre bombs that don't hit their marks. And then when he's inside the 20... Give seven tackle sets away. He's either given seven tackle sets away, or the kick doesn't make it in goal, or he kicks on the second or third for no one who's actually chasing because no one knows what's happening, and then he's got to chase himself... <laughs> And just with a couple of speeders that, speeders that realise well, there's a kick being pulled in, we'll chase down and we'll tackle and we get a <coughs> repeat set. Or his other option, which is the biggest junior league ploy in the world, is give it to your biggest man on the field five metres out from the line and expect him to stroll over. Now, in origin, that won't cut it. Your mind needs to be sharp. <laughs> Very sharp. Um, maybe it's time <coughs> that Ivan Cleary calls on Joey Johns to come and give Nathan a couple of one-on-one sessions um, just on managing your kicks inside your 20 late in the game when the game's on the edge. Awesome. Knight scored 45 points and it, and it was <coughs> Joey Johns' 45th birthday as well, so <coughs> fancy that, mate. Uh, mate, I think that's the reason why Mitchell Pearce kicked, kicked that field goal for you. He realised at 44, he realised it was Joey's 45th birthday. Well, I will give him 45 points on his birthday. Fanny's was going off Sunday night, apparently. <laughs> Fanny's goes off every night when Joey's there. That's it, last and game, mate. And underman Seagulls upsets the Sharks in the Shire. Manly's mishmash band of the NRL rejects. And rookies have them knocking down the door on the top four with a 24-14 upset of Cronulla on their own turf. The Seagulls paid a little mind to their share of combined $5 million of talent watching this battle from the beaches, from the grandstands. Although they did have their nervous moments when the Sharks threatened the second half fight back. But a nail-biting win to sit behind fourth-place Canberra <coughs> points differential is Manly's reward. <coughs> the returns of Cherry Evans and Tom Travojevic drawing Evan Nero on the horizon. Unfortunately for the Sharks, even ScoMo's miracle prime ministerial win on Saturday night couldn't boost their spirits. Sharks uh, had a 77 completion, a 77% completion rate. 13 errors and 32 missed tackles. And unfortunately, we've seen any 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 team with over 30 ta- uh, missed tackles in the NRL are going to lose the match unless the opposition miss more tackles. Man, the match goes to Fanua Blake with one try, two line breaks, three tackle bus, 16 runs for 167 metres and 25 tackles. Sharks have a 5-5 five, five five start for 2019. Will they make that 8 at the end of the year? Hard question, mate. Hard question. Um, if they keep having the injury toll that they got at the moment, uh, I would say no. Uh, if they keep hanging in there and hanging around the bottom of the eight once they get those players back, 
I really think that they could, they'll just squeeze in there for my yeah, liking. Yeah, but it's hard because they've got the same players out and they beat Melbourne. Yeah, I know. Um, <coughs> depends on how the players turn up with their mindset. Sharks, I mean, Sharks turned up shit on that day and they only turned up wanting to show the critics in the... Well, they, so, in the so-called journalists, it was, to it, shut was their mouth. it was Fafita's 200th game, so they didn't need much else to get up, did they? <laughs> well, good mate. Um, that's round ten, uh, all done and dusted. Um, how many? Well, how'd you go in your tips? Uh, six for eight. Um, <laughs> Sharks let me down, and um, Penrith. Roosters. Ooh, I got five from eight. Penrith. <laughs> oh, you know the them last week, didn't I? Penrith Roosters and Sharks let me down, but I'll, <coughs> I'll take that. I'll take I've got that. A, I've got a seventy-nine margin, so once I start getting my good points and sneaking up, <laughs> everyone in that top eight are over the hundred. So I'm just going to go up the top. See you later, boys. So <laughs> I'm starting to pick with my head, not my heart. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, who's your players around? Damian Cook. He's literally wearing that Blues jersey underneath his South jersey. There's not a not a hooker in 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 sight this year, as as form wise, not reputation wise, what they've done in the past, form wise in 2019 alone, Damian Cook is there on his own. Best hooker in the game at the moment, I'll say. <coughs> yes. What about you, mate? Let me guess. Newcastle player. <laughs> Caleb, we start with a P. Yes, it could go Pierce or Ponga, whichever one you want, heads or tails. We've actually gone with Ponga. <coughs> you got a love affection for this guy. <laughs> 24 points, two tries, should have been a hat-trick. <coughs> Abs- should have been. Absolutely, absolutely made. Dufty looked like a fool. Um, Dufty was left standing there on the 20-cent piece. Um, yeah, it was, it was the Ponga that... We all called for in round one, but we didn't get because he was in the sixth jersey, not the one. But team of the round, who you got? Oh, uh, we'll just do your team of the round first, mate. <laughs> oh, uh, so, ladies and gents. <laughs> Obviously, Newcastle. It's, it's has Newcastle. To be, Newcastle has to be the team of the round. Look at the stats. Oh, Look at everything played out. Look, like... Ladies and gents, he's <laughs> smiling from ear to ear. Years and years of getting the spoons handed to him on his ass. He's now pumping... And giving it to me. Credit, you've got to give credit when credit is due. Um, <coughs> all, all red, white, and blue. Um, <laughs> all red, white, and blue blood aside. Um, if, if I was watching it from a neutral position, uh, which I am as a podcaster, <laughs> uh, they were probably um, <coughs> they were, they were the better performing side over, out of the others. Um, I don't have. Yeah, I noticed that a team of the round. I have a game of the round. Um, yeah, big ups to the Broncos upsetting the Roosters. That was a class act. But my game of the round is the Rabbitohs and Canberra match. It's round 10, top four, and it felt like semi-final. The crowd, the atmosphere, the players going hammer and tom. Um, it... it, it Elevated through the um, TV and into the lounge room at home. Um, it was, yeah, it was... Electric. One of the great matches. What about Dunamis Lou from Gamma running out of the line and just putting some hits on? Oh, my God. He's just hitting them hard. And he... Oh, who did he hit? 
Made it personal, mate. Oh, he hit, he hit Burgess, a good one, Sammy would. Sammy looked up to see who it was and then saw who it was and didn't bother pushing back. <laughs> it, yeah, it was a great game. And come September, this will be one one of the matches. Could it be the grand final? I don't know. But Canberra's defence is 100% better than last year. We always knew they had the attack and they could do it. It was their defence that let them down. They've 100%. gone and worked on their defence in the off-season, probably one of the only teams that actually has. Um, 100%. Yeah. They've, you know, they've, that was a great match. Um, but in saying that, um, that's the recap for round 10. Just a quick shout-out to Cade Cuss making his debut for, for Manly. Manly. Yeah, no, it was good. He found out, I think, Thursday night. <laughs> you were saying that Desi brought him in and they're doing video work and he goes, oh, that's your player you're going to be marking. On the weekend and whatnot, and he couldn't quite ascertain if um you serious or not. If he was serious or not, until we got told, yeah, yeah, you're playing. Uh, all right, stay tuned. Uh, rugby league around the grounds. All right, rugby league around the grounds for round ten for the New South Wales, and round six for your juniors. Uh, Canterbury Cup, New South Wales results. They had their own little magic round. Three games were at Penrith Stadium and three games were at Henson Park. Bulldogs and Western Suburbs Magpies had a 10-0 draw. Panthers with um, Josh Mensor and Regan Campbell-Gillard in the side defeated Warriors 28-10. Mounties defeated Rabbitohs in the last game at Panther Stadium 32-18. Reason why the Penrith game was in the middle was a Fox Sports game. Uh, on Sunday, Bears defeated Wentworth Field Magpies 34-20. Last time they versed each other was a one-point field goal win. Uh, the Jets on the TV game on Channel 9 thumped Blacktown Workers Seag was 44-28. And then the last game there, Dragons defeated Knights 32-6. <coughs> the latter looks like this. Mounties are on top. Panthers are second. Bears are third. Dragons are fourth, Rabbitohs, Western Suburbs Magpies, Bulldogs and Wenty Magpies round out the eight. For Ron Massey, Cabra Matter defeated Blackdown Workers Seagulls 22-10. The Glee Burble Wolves lost to the Guilford Owls 6 points to 32. Brothers had a loss to Wentworthville Magpies 16-46. <coughs> Hills Bulls got thumped by Asquith Magpies. Um, 26 points to a duck egg and St Mary's lost to Western Suburbs Magpies 14-24 <coughs> the latter after 10 rounds sees Wentworthville Magpies on top Manny's a second St Mary's in third Asquith Magpies in fourth followed by Western Suburbs Magpies Guilford Owls, Cabramatta and the Hills Bulls on the Sydney Shield Melrose lost to Wright Eastwood Hawks, uh, 14-42. Cabin Matter defeated Moorbank Rams, 24-10. <laughs> Sydney Uni got thumped by Guilford Owls, 10 points to 52. St Mary's defeated the former top-of-the-ladder East Coast Eagles, <coughs> 30 points to 28. Brothers lost to Wentworthfield Magpies, 12 points to 32. <coughs> The ladder looks like this. Cabra Matters on top. East Coast Eagles a second. Saints a third. 
Roddy Eastwood Hawks are fourth, Guilford Owl fifth, followed up by a couple of Magpies in Asquith and Wentworthville United, and Morbay Graham rounds the eight out. For the Harvey Norman Women's Premiership, Capro Matter uh, got beaten by a country rugby league, Newcastle, six points to 34. <coughs> Bears defeated Mounties in the top of the table, clash, 20 points to 14. <coughs> the ladies from Brothers were absolutely trumped by Wentworthville Magpies, 64 blot. St. Mary's went down to West Tigers, 14 to 20, and the Sharks got the win, 40 points to 20 over the Rabbitohs. Uh, the Bears are now on top of the ladder there, so the Mighty Bears are marching on there, and they're marching on in the Canterbury Cup as well, sitting in third, that's pretty good. Mounties are second, Country Rugby League, Newcastle in third, Sharks, Magpies, Rabbitohs, Cabra, <coughs> and St Mary's round that out. There is no games for Jersey Flag. They um, had a buy last week and they've got a buy this week. Awesome, thanks, Fifey. Um, <coughs> going across um, to different parts of the the, um, the world, so congrats to the very first ever Jamaican female international side who debuted in American Nines. Um, USA defeated Canada 20 to 8 to win the American Nines. Jamaica defeated Latin um, to finish third. Um, Greece defeated Norway in the Rugby League World Cup qualifier 56 to 26. What a score! Uh, Catalan Dragons beat Wigan Warriors 33-16 at the first ever Super League uh, game at the New Camp. That's the home of uh, FC Barcelona. And that uh, crowd was uh, over 33,000 people. It's a record crowd too. Stadium still looks like a Z Stadium, but um, for Super League, that's that's a um, massive movement. Awesome. Yeah, I saw that. Was great scenes out there. Uh, <coughs> moving into some of our local... Um, Junior Rugby League, so the under-12 threes, um, Cambridge, Cambridge Park um, defeated Quakers Hill, 24-4. The under-14 ones, Doonside defeated <coughs> St. Clair, 24-12, to remain undefeated still this season. That's a that's a great effort to be undefeated, and they're in Division 1, so they can't go up any further. So, uh, under-14s, Doonside, keep that up. I want to see you guys undefeated for the whole season. Yes, it's awesome there. Well coached out there um, as well. Under six sixes, uh, Glenmore Park defeated Doonside 44-36 to get their second win of the season. Man, the match went to Henry. The McDonald's award went to Otis, uh, or Otis, however you pronounce it. And the Baker's Delight award went to the young girl named Olivia. Ah, uh, good on Olivia. Lovely to see girls playing football. Yes, it is awesome to see. <coughs> so we can move on to our um, New South Wales Physical Disability Rugby League. Um, South Sydney defeated West Tigers 28-12 and Manly defeated the Roosters 6-0. I reckon um, they lost because Riley wasn't playing. He's over gallivanting over in Europe, isn't he? Yeah, he was there for um, Greece, Greece's win um, at the Rugby League. Um, well, that's the, reason why, that's, that's the reason why Roosters lost or they didn't have their, their trusty winger out there to complete their to complete their um, their sets there. And uh, Newtown had the buy in that one as well. Awesome. So going on to our Green Acre Tigers, they've sent through uh, all their results like they do each week. So under nine Division One, um, they those guys had a buy. Um, nine under nine Division Two, Green Acre Tigers, they defeated Milpera Colts 28-24. Uh, the under ten Division One, Green Acre Tigers, they defeated um, Moorbank Rams 30 to 12. The under ten Division Two, um, the, the Green Acre Tigers defeated. St. John Eagles, 16-12. In the 11-1, one, 
under 11 Division 1. Um, Greenacre Tigers had a, a draw, a 12-all draw with Barella Bears. Going on to under 11 Division 2, Greenacre Tigers versus St. Christopher's. Um, they won 26-18. Under 12 Division 1, um, the Tigers you know, defeated Moorbank Rams 22-16. In the 12-2s, they lost 16-0 to St. George Dragons. In under 13 gold, um, they won 36-12. In the 14 golds, they lost 34-0 against St. Christopher's. In the under 14 silver, they lost 20-12 against Campbelltown Warriors. The 15 gold had a bye. 16 silvers lost to LCC, 26-22. Um, <coughs> the open gold, there was no result uh, provided here to us. The open silver, the Green Anchor Tigers lost to Belrose Eagles 48-0 in the touch-up. The under-16 silver women, um, they won against Bankstown Bulls 36-16 and there was no result provided here for the under-14 silver women, Green Anchor Tigers against St. John Eagles. That's good there. Seven, seven wins, five losses, a draw, two buys, which is constitute a win anyway because you get your two points and two no results and two no results but they, those two they get two wins out of that it's kind nine, of nine nine wins nine that nine wins. awesome yeah uh, get your results in guys um we 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 love to um we love to 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 promote the junior league so get your results in what about you five years <laughs> your two teams go this uh, last week yeah, so our Sixers, they travelled out to uh, Layla Park um, and came up against a much tougher opponent. Um, uh, as a coach, <coughs> you try to um, you try to get your player participation and um, we have a couple of kids that it's hard to get them onto the field. They'll come and train, but they won't play. Or if they do play, they only play for a quarter or so. But um, <coughs> last week I had both the boys, they, they're brothers, both of them on the field, um, and little Jackson ran away and he scored a double. So I'm hoping that he'll back up and play again this week. You'll uh, think this end up score end up being um, <coughs> end up being 44 to 12, but I think we missed missed putting down my daughter. She scored another try in the corner, um, so that takes her tally to 10 as she keeps telling us. <laughs> as for the um, as for the 12s, <coughs> we came up against the competition leaders. Undefeated, um, we end up going down thirty to six. Uh, we have been regraded. Um, it, it's it's hard for us because we've only got thirteen on the books and thirteen's on the field. <laughs> but we've had one of the boys. He's been out serving the suspension that carried over from last year, um, and then with two weeks to go. My boy went down with a broken collarbone. So the boys last week, they played with 11 and had a couple of 11s come and help him. Um, this week, Kalen makes his return um, and Jack still got five weeks off, four or five weeks on the sideline, depending on the skeins that he's having in the next <coughs> couple of weeks. So, you know, the boys have played the whole season down on troops but then relying on 11s to come in and try to learn um, the plays and the defensive structures and all that. Um, so once we have our full 13 on the field, then we'll be able to see what we've actually got. But um, 
yeah, they're doing good. They've got to keep their heads high. Um, it's very stiff competition, but the forwards out in the Parramatta comp, they're massive. Um, yeah, so... Awesome, mate. Thanks for your insight. Love hearing all your rugby league. Oh, in rugby league when you come back? Yes, yeah, just a quick shout out to Zombrero and Aloha Irrigation and Landscaping Services. They're the under 12's two sponsors. Um, we get out to Zombrero as often as we can to have a bite out there in Marston Park. Um, if you ever want some Mexican, head out there? Yeah, do yourself a favour. Get to Marston Park or Plumpton and if you go to Marsden Park, Luke's out there most days of the week. Have a chat to him. He's a nice fellow and he, he loves his sport too, so he's across all things. Awesome. That's Rugby League Around the Ground segment. Stay tuned for the preview of Round 11. Welcome to the preview of Round 11. 7.50pm Thursday, Eels versus Penrith at Bankwest Stadium. The Panthers <coughs> might need a little dream, uh, dream time spiritual luck to help them lift themselves out of the wooden spoon red zone in the indigenous clash against arch rivals Paramount Eels. Six losses in a row with four clubs scoring 30 or more points against them. Defence will be key for Ivan Cleary after leaking 166 points in the past six games. Eels are on a five-day turnaround after a disappointing seven-point loss to the Cowboys. Key matchups: Kikau versus Lane. As we touched on defence, will be instrumental to getting the two points as Parry League 64 against the Storm a few weeks ago. But Penrith have the worst record for missed tackles in the comp with 402 in 10 rounds. Penrith have hit rock bottom, so it will be interesting to see what side Cleary puts together for the Western <coughs> Sydney derby. Manu Mau and Tepai Maroa set to play their 100th game each in res- respected in this clash. Eels have a few changes in Brad Takarangi and Daniel Varo dropped to the bench. Um, Tim Mena is back in the starting lineup. As if Sivo, Blake Ferguson um, is named in the centres, while George Jennings moves to the from the right to the left wing. David Gow is the is the new face on the bench. Penrith um, they bring back Mansour to the right wing, while Brian Two switches to the left in place of DWZ, who is dropped. Jerome Luai comes in for suspended 5'8", James Maloney. Frank Winnerstein will start in the back row. RCG uh, is also recalled as a starting prop, while James Fisher-Harris uh, moves um, back to his favourite position at lock. Tim Grant and Liam Martin uh, move back to the bench. Fifey, anything into this? 40 tackles on average in the first 10 rounds, Penrith missed. It's crazy. Uh, and he doesn't bother to do... Any kind of defensive drills, I would have done defensive drills after the first three of 40 plus. Um, yeah, it's interesting to see him bring back Josh Mansell after one game, <coughs> if you see him down there to find form. Um, I think he's done that though because he's dropped DWZ because there is talk of him going to para. Um, the last thing you want is a winger that is tipped to go to that team having a brain snap as it would appear and then you know the next 24 hours 48 hours you find out he's signed with the club not saying that that's the reason or reports say that he'll be signed after round 11 is completed uh, it's a, it's a shame this space. It's, it's a shame though it's a shame like he's, he's, he's a St. Clair junior his brother's back there with him 
Yeah, he got his brother back there. Brother got off the bus at the same time as um, Ivan. <laughs> um, you tip Penrith? No, I tip Para. Tip Para. Um, they haven't lost the Banquest yet. <laughs> I was going to pick Penrith. They keep breaking my heart. Um, <coughs> it's almost halfway through the tipping comp. We need to start picking with the head and not with the heart. Because um, I always thought that Penrith would get back into it, but I just can't pick them. I've actually changed my tip from Penrith to the Eels. Look, I um I think having Jerome Luai and Nathan Cleary in the halves, that's probably where Penrith are going to go once James Maloney moves on. Look, I'll make a big oh, I'm not gonna make a big bold call here. If Penrith do happen to win with Jerome Luai and Nathan Cleary, they can't bring Maloney back in. Leave Maloney out. Um New South Wales Cup. Yeah, put him down there. He's obviously not in the right headspace at the moment to be playing NRL, and there is talk of factions within the um, within the team as to which direction the, the the attack goes. So, look, if I yeah, if I was Ivan Cleary and couldn't have happened to win on the weekend. I'd be just leaving Maloney out for another week or two. See how it pans out. And see how yeah, Jerome Luai and Nathan Cleary goes. Um, like I said earlier, or all reports are that Nathan Cleary will get that seven and Cleary will be in that six. <laughs> um, if he really wants to cement it and not have critics, he needs one of those 12 out of 10 games this week. It'd be a tongue twister for for Gus and Rabbits. The Cleary on the Cleary, Cleary on the Cleary. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, first game of Friday, mate. Who we got? Oh, we've got Manly up at Burson uh, Titans at Brookie. Screw Lotto Land, it's Brookie. <laughs> Manly are on a free match winning streak at home this year. But the Titans enjoyed two wins over the Seagulls in 2018. Of course, Desi's defence style is the far cry from Trent Barrett's structures. Uh, just on Trent Barrett, I don't think he'll be coaching for a long time to come. Um, same roster almost, and Desi has got this team firing. Titans are fast starters, but have failed to keep the leads in the past three matches. <coughs> That's got to be the key for Garth Brennan to get this right for the team. It's a time to drop Ash Taylor to reserve grade to see if he can put it together an 80-minute performance there as he continues to fade in and out of games, and the Titans can't count on him when they need him most. Key matchups are Jake Travoyevich versus Jai Arrow, and this will almost likely be an origin battle in a few weeks' time. Um, so why not start it now? Titans are looking to go three straight against the, against Manly sides. Will it be third time lucky or unlucky for Titans? <laughs> so Manly are unchanged. Titans have Moaki Fotuaki regaining his starting spot at. Jack Stockwell's expense, Shannon Boyd and Keegan Hipgrave return and have been included on the bench. Dale, how do you see this one? Well, it'll be a third <coughs> time unlucky. Uh, I've picked Manly. They'll be too strong at Brookie. Um, going back to Ash Taylor make, could make sense um, to put him in Q Cup for a couple of weeks and see how he goes. Yeah, um, isn't, he, isn't he on like a $700,000, $800,000 contract? Yeah, I know. Do you risk putting one of your, one of your big marquee, and I use, that, I use that word loosely, marquee players, 
in in Q Cup on a, a slightly less standard grass as what we play on in the NRL. <coughs> he just keeps, like you said, he keeps fading in and out of games. Like the game was on the line there last week, and he got caught on the last tackle without kicking it more often than not. So. So, yeah, that, 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 that's something that Penrith do on a weekly bat, weekly basis. <laughs> I think it's um, <coughs> I think it's confidence. You just gotta, just gotta keep going from just, here. Just just get a, get a bit of confidence with himself, back himself. That's what I always tell my halves. <coughs> back yourself, <coughs> and you sh- and and nine out of ten times you'll you you'll get the right call. Um, Morgan Boyle on the bench for Manly, that started this year as a Titans player, so. He's coming up against most of his former mates, uh, teammates that he done the hard slogs in preseason with. Um, what about this Ruben Garrick? Great player, eh? Man, this <laughs> he come f- come from leaps and bounds, hasn't he? Yeah. To you know, playing <coughs> playing new was he played twenty for the Dragons and then playing New South Wales um, Cup for Manly or the Workers. Yeah. Um, and. You know, a few injuries have happened, and then mate, he's, he's taking his chance, and, and he's playing that well to give him an extra two-year deal. They re-signed him, and yeah, Cade Cross is actually in the six this week, not the nineteen. Um, uh, obviously, you know, Lachlan Croker and and um, Lachlan Croker and and Trent Hopkinson and David Cherry Evans are out. For the halves, they say DCE and Tommy Tavoyevich are probably about three weeks ahead of schedule, so they reckon three weeks ahead of schedule. Mm-hmm. What's around the corner? Origin. Origin. <laughs> they were always <laughs> going to be three weeks ahead of schedule. Uh, Dylan Walker wasn't flash in his return, but he was, I reckon he's going to prove each game when he gets was, his match solid. fitness up. He was solid. <laughs> um, scored a try because. I can't remember who it was now, was it? Oh, it's so Sia Fecky. Sealing the ball, didn't want to touch it to give away a penalty. Dude, just give the penalty away. At least your team is then set on the line. And, um, you know, not, I don't know why you're trying to shield the ball. I would have just tucked it. I wouldn't have kicked it anyway. I would have just put my foot on it. You weren't going to get the penalty anyway because you're offside. It's, a penalty is better than a four-pointer. Exactly. Each time of the week. You pick Manly? Yes, I pick Manly. I don't see Titans showing up. Second game Friday night, seven fifty-five p.m. Knights versus the Roosters at McDonald Jones Stadium. After performing at such a high level for the past several weeks, <coughs> the Roosters finally hit their flat spot against the Broncos. Roosters coach said his team didn't deserve to beat Brisbane last week and will learn valuable lessons from the defeat. Surging Knights chalked up their fourth straight win <coughs> last week and looked nothing like the side who stumbled to a. Five straight defeats earlier on in the year. What's changed here? Key matchups: halfback and fullback. Pierce versus Cronk and Ponga versus Tedesco. In what would seem to be as an early origin battle, a fullback battle. Roosters looking to make it seven straight against Newcastle matchups. Will it be lucky number seven um, for them? Knights unchanged. Roosters welcome back Tupo and Cordner and Hall and Lindsay drop out. Seven straight for the Roosters, mate. I'll tip them. It could be an upset. Um, it's a it's a wonder that Brownie didn't move Ponga back to fullback earlier. I would have given two games and said, "Yeah, now it's not working," and stuck him back. <laughs> Since he's been back there, mate, he's just been running running right. Um, it was funny that he came out the other day and said that 
he's been styling a bit of his game on James Tedesco, whether or not that was just to get into James Tedesco's head. A bit of my, a bit of, <laughs> ahead of, bit of my games. Ahead of Origin. It'll, we'll soon see how that went, um, the mind games. I don't... So, they're completely different players. You've got Ponga's, you know, got <coughs> the passing games where Tedesco's got that... That yeah, I think electrical he was, brilliance he, where you can bust through tackles. I think he was talking more about his positioning. I think Ponga still has, has has a bit of question marks. Well, no, not question marks. He himself as a as a, a great player will be able to come off the field and tell you where you stuffed up, where he stuffed up, and where he wants to improve and self evaluate. And I think that's what his remarks were. He was self evaluating um, his positioning. As opposed to Tedesco's, but again, it could all be smoke and mirrors, and you could be just trying to smoke him out. Pump up his tires. Um, yeah. So you picked the roosters. I've picked the roosters, but I'd love to see a close game here. Just, just. Um, this could be an. I I've picked the roosters, even though I'm a Knights fan. <coughs> going with what? Going with the head, not the You're heart. What? Um, but this could be the upset of the round. I hope so. You heard um, that? You heard that there, people. Son versus son versus father in this matchup. Um, so hopefully I get one over the old man there. On to <laughs> the first game on Saturday, Fifey. Yeah, first game sees us go and do the Viking clap uh, down at GIO Stadium with the Raiders taking on the Cowboys. Raiders will be itching to get back into that winners' circle after a close back-to-back losses to the Roosters and the Souths. It doesn't count for much that Canberra gave those two benchmark sides a real shake-up. With three wins from the past five games, the Cowboys are looking the goods. Can't wait for this forward battle. The key matchups are across the park. Whitehead, Papali, Sutton, Scott, McLean and Damalolo. Canberra won both games against the Cowboys last year. And they're looking to go four straight against them. Raiders, Joe Tappany returns from injury and will come off the bench. Sebastian Chris is the unlucky player there to um, miss out. <laughs> Cowboys have uh, Gideon Geller Mosby to start on the wing in place of the injured Ben Hampton. And Josh Maguire has been named on the extended bench. And I dare say he will start considering it is very close. To origin. Dale, what do you think, bud? Yeah, I'm pretty sure Ben Hampton's gone <coughs> for three or four months with that torn peck, so that Mosby will try and make that winger spot his own. Um, glad to see Joe Tarpany back. He's one of my favourite second rolls going around. And just going to add extra extra forward pack movement um, off the bench for Canberra. Um, I believe Canberra will be too strong um, and get over the line <coughs> in a close one it's um yeah it's good but weird that um Paul Green is sticking with Johnny Asiata at 5'8 um I'm guessing he showed enough last year um to be able to ball play enough for um Paul Green to be happy with um yeah I reckon Dynamis Lou is going to put a massive hit on Tamalolo. He just comes in and hits and stick. But I've um, got to give a big rap to um, young Hudson Young um, on the coverage last week. The boys, or the commentators who obviously are a bit further in the know than what we are, um, 
if they see that he pound for pound he's the the toughest player in that camper pack. Um, Massive raps. Can you look at the likes of who they've got there? Yeah, with John Bateman and Whitehead, Brian Sutton, Papali. But um, he, he hit one of the south forwards last week. He was going straight over for a try. He just dropped the shoulder and put him right, put him, stopped him right in their tracks. Um, yeah, I've tipped Canberra. <coughs> it's interesting though. Um, we just noticed in the Parramatta game we didn't touch on it, but I just noticed again they've got Nick Kotrick playing centres. And they've got Blake Fergus and now moved to the centres. I reckon that's an origin ploy for both both of the teams. Um, to get obviously obviously there are wingers out there to be able to fill. Um, that right centre is that big question mark, isn't it, for so New South Wales? They've put Nick Kotrick in right centre and I dare say Blake Fergus will be playing right centre too on Thursday night. Over, I, if I had to choose over them, I'd probably pick Kotrick. He's probably def- Bigger and, and better defensively, and um, I'll put Fergo on the wing. Yeah, probably pick Kotrick. Um, Josh Morris's state of you come out of retirement too. We need to go past that, I reckon. Second game, Saturday, 5.30pm. Warriors versus the Broncos at Mount Smart Stadium. It was only a few <coughs> weeks ago. Both these teams were being dismissed as top eight pretenders. How quickly times have changed. The Warriors have made their critics eat humble pie with two wins on the trot, while Broncos have also won the past two games in a row after being towered up by South Sydney. Both teams will be eager to keep the ball rolling as they square off for the first time in 2019. Cody Nikarima was released by the Broncos early this month and will now play against them for the first time. He will be out to make it personal and show his former side why it was a mistake to release him. Warriors welcome back Bunty Afoa. Uh, for the suspended Parsi, um, and Adam Lee has been recalled onto the bench, and Broncos are unchanged. <coughs> um, any key matchups in this, mate? Um, I hate to say it, but I reckon Matt Lodge and Payne Hassel is gonna they're gonna aim up for Cody Nikarima hard and fast. Um, if I was Blake Green, I'd be directing all the kicks to him for the first half, just until the boys get a bit tired and they can't come screaming in because I. Guarantee you, they'll be out to, to 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 give him a bit of a niggle, and what you don't want is to have played two games and then come up against your club, and then they put a hit on you, and then you're out for six eight weeks with an injury. So um, Blake Green will use his head there, and he he will direct all the kicks to him. <coughs> uh, Roger Tuivasa Sheck, I reckon he'll have a massive game. But then again, all their back, their back three, Tuvasa Shek, Fusatua, and uh, Ken Mamalo, they made, they, last week they made more metres than their forwards. Yeah, I know, it's crazy, um, isn't it? Yeah, so if I was Stephen Coney, I would have been telling the forwards, mate, boys, your back, your back three made more metres than you in the whole game. Step your act up. In saying that, they still won, so um, we can't, you can't be too... Critical. You can't be too down on your, on your players if you win, but you... you, you You'd um, have a stick of dynamite stuck up the forwards' butts to make them run a bit harder against the backs. Hundred um, percent. I love this. Pat- <coughs> I love this Patrick Herbert, mate. Um, they aren't they aren't short of wingers over there in New Zealand. They just breed them like sheep. I would say. <laughs> yeah, no, their forwards are. I mean, the backs could be their forwards is a bit faster. He's but actually he's absolutely impressed me the way that he 
mate, the way that he hits, he can kick goals, he can pass, he's got footwork. He's it's like a um a smaller version. It's like a better version of Carter, um, but also a bit of Isan Masters like as well. Oh, and a bit of Manu Vatavai. Yeah. There are that many bloody <laughs> wingers there. I picked the Broncos. I I think um, you know that win over the Roosters last week will will resurge their um their season. Darius Boyd has probably his best game. Um, Milford probably has his best game of the season, but their forward pack um, led around by that youngster uh, Turban, and then that Segiara come off the bench and and made a, you know was vital in that win. Um, I think that was. They'll just keep um, turnover, turnover, and they'll slowly creep up into into that eight spot. Yeah, and Warriors, home ground advantage. <laughs> Cody Nikarima is looking like he has filled the void that they needed in a, in a oh, you call him experienced now, wouldn't you? But um, he, he will learn a lot from Blake Green. Um, yeah, so I've picked the Warriors just on the back of Nicarima and Green um, guiding the team around. And um, hopefully Bunty Afoa has some meters for you super coach players out there. <coughs> on to the uh, final game for Super Saturday. South and the Tigers at ANZ Stadium. Another former South Sydney coach will take on the Rabbitohs this week. You bet your bottom dollar that Michael Maguire would love nothing more than beating his old team. South moved into outright first last week and will take their chances at home against any opposition. Key matchups here, the number nines, Cook and Farrell, and then the seven, Reynolds and Brooks. With another top performance by Cody Walker, we'll most likely see him debut for the Blues in the Origin this year. For the Tigers, they need to, they'll need to somehow stop Cook and South. We'll need to contain the Tigers' silky, skillful backline. Dale, how do you see this one going? Oh, well, Souths are unchanged <coughs> and Tigers have brought back. Oh, yeah, I forgot <laughs> that. Sorry. Go on, yes. mate. Oh, mate, sorry. My head just... Oh, I've got a massive cold, eh? Um, yeah, so Souths are unchanged and Tigers have brought Mama Roskby in, into the centres with a Robert Jennings going to the wing and Mahe Fanua out. He loves he loves the chop and change, Maguire. Um, it's good to see keep everyone fresh. Um, well, I really think this is probably going to be the, the game game of the game of the um, the round. Um, you don't know what to expect from the Tigers. You know what to expect <coughs> from South Sydney, but depending how they start and finish is ideal. But um, yeah, I know Farrah coming against his old, coming up against his old side. You know Cook taking. Farrah's jersey off him and all that drama there, um, you know. Ah, Cook always had that jersey. <laughs> Reynolds and Brooks, you know, Brooks, you know, is touted as the next Joey Johns and will play for New South Wales, um, hasn't kicked on and Reynolds has played Origin, <coughs> hasn't got back in that arena uh, since he was injured in that game. Um, like I said, Cody Walker just to put in a, not even really a great performance, it's, it's a normal performance and you'll see him get into that Origin side off. Um, I feel like it. Um, Tossed with a coin. Tossed it. Come up heads. Home team, Souths. Yeah, um, Chris McQueen. He'd be versing his old club too because he's one of those tattered mans. He's got the, all the numbers. He's numbers. got his member, his unplaying number on his neck, so he might have to wear a bit of um, strapping tape across that 
um, so it doesn't look a bit weird. Um, I, I'm urging Wayne Bennett to give Dean Britt some more game time. Um, he's a class player. Gets on and does his role. I think he got 15 minutes last... I oh know, 20 minutes, I think, last week. We really need to bring him on a bit earlier. Even if you bring him on fifth, uh, 10 minutes into the first half to go, bring John Sutton off, give him a bit of fresher, stick him, and then stick him um, back out there in the second half. He's a he's a he's a good player. Um, he you know doesn't take a backward step either. He's um been selected a couple of times for the New South Wales residents. So he's um yeah he's a good player. He's a young player. Um, just give him a bit more game time, I reckon, Bennett. Awesome. Not trying to tell you how to do your job. But... <laughs> <laughs> the first game on first game on Sunday, two p.m. Dogs versus Storm at Belmore Oval. The dogs score. Dog. The dogs scored their third win of the season in last week's come from behind win. The dog showing the storm in round four. They don't fear them. Most importantly is they have the blueprint. Oh, most importantly, they will have the Belmore faithful <coughs> ringing in their ears. The storm got out of jail again last week, but Bellamy will demand improvements. The dogs have the the blueprint on how to beat the storm, but will need to be disciplined with and without the ball. They are the. They are the top with the best average for completion rates this year and have also made the most tackles. Munster will play his 100th NRL game at Belmore. Key matchups, Foran versus Munster, Gafusi versus Jackson. I did have here Ockenball versus Vornavalu, but Ockenball is now ruled out. Um, and <coughs> Storm looking to go four in a row against the Dogs. Um, Dogs obviously replaced Ockenball, I just mentioned. He got a foot injury, replaced by... Uh, Crichton, Storm welcome back Jerome Hughes from concussion and it pushes Ryan Pappenhausen to the bench and Christian Welsh is out with a knee injury. Um, he That isn't an ACL, <coughs> it's only a PCL, so instead of being 9 to 12 months, it's only about 3 to 5 weeks out, which is great for the young fella because that would have been his third ACL snap on that knee. Fifey. Yeah, no, it was good. He went out and brought lottery tickets, so I hope he gets a bit of money off that. Not one, he bought 12. Yeah, well, that's outside. The, I remember, that's outside the salary cap, whatever he wins. <laughs> um, it's a shame to see Jay Nockenborough. Um, this is this is the game where it was the second game after Dean Pay made um, mass um, cuts from the side. Um, so they were high off their first win, and they came in and nearly rolled <laughs> Melbourne in Melbourne. Had the um, kick been taken from the right spot, we could have been we could have been talking different. Um, I don't see Bulldogs unfortunately beating Melbourne here. Yeah, I've picked the Storm too. That was probably my easiest tip of the round. Um, I know it's at Belmore, so you know gets that. I know they've got that home event, home ground advantage, and that you know they love playing at Belmore. But um, I just don't see how they're going to get the cookies in this. No, I don't, I don't see how they get the cookies either. I want to know how they're going to use Ryan Pappenhausen this week, considering the back five don't really come off unless they're injured. So <laughs> it'll be inter- interesting to see how much game time he gets after having a man of the match performance last week. And yes, final game of the Indigenous <coughs> round, mate. Who we got? <coughs> Dragons and Sharks at Wynn Stadium. A month ago, the Dragons were on a four-game winning streak and come from the top when the Roosters on Anzac Day. Not only did they lose that battle, but they've dropped the past three games as well. The Sharks have let Slander slip also and didn't aim up against Manu last week, so they'll be eager to bounce back to the winning ways. 
Key matchups are Hunt versus Townsend. Frizzell will need a big game with an Origin series around the corner. It's make or break for the Dragons. The fifth straight loss will bury their top eight chances, but a win might kick them on to make a mid-season surge. The fence is the key for the Sharks as they had some soft tries in last week and they need to lift their standards. For the Dragons, fullback Matt Dufty and winger Michaela Ravalara have been dropped. Zach Lomax has shifted the fullback. Ewan Aikens returns to the starting side of centre. Jonas Pearson makes his club de- debut on the wing. Young hooker Reese Robson gets his first game of 2019 on the bench. And Corbin Sims returns from an unbro- a broken arm. Sharks are unchanged and Moylan has been named on an extended bench daily. Uh, um, something something had to be changed there. Uh, Ravalara um, hasn't, you know, lifted off since uh, they went on that streak at the start of the season. Matt Dufty was absolutely poor last week. Um, happy for Zach Lomax to get a shot at fullback. He's been he's played centre, he's played wing, he's played centre, he's played wing. You know, he gets his chance at fullback. So that'll be interesting to see how the young fella goes there. Um, this everyone's raving on about this Reese Robson. Um, he's come through. He's <coughs> come through all the systems. So hopefully he gets um, some minutes un, under his belt there, coming off the bench. Uh, good to see Corbin Sims has come back from a broken arm. That got his. Uh, they're calling him Terminator because he's got that much metal in his arms. It's not funny. So when he when he does travel overseas, <laughs> it's going to be very interesting. Um, <coughs> Moylan is named. I truly believe he will play. I if if Dugan is fit, Dugan will stay at fullback, and I feel that he um, that Moylan will come in um, and play five eight. Uh, I've picked the Sharks, um, but this one can go either way. What about you, Fifey? Yeah, I'm not too sure where Moylan's actually at in in his return. I'd probably be hesitant just to. Let him be for another week. Uh, you know, a week in rugby league is absolutely um, key. So I, I, I'd wait. I'd wait another week for him. Um, Flanagan isn't doing a bad job there, and neither's Dugan. So <coughs> I've um, tipped the Sharks. I just can't tip the Dragons at the moment. They're playing pretty woeful. They go and change the back three. More often than not. Yeah, but I didn't think that they're back free. Uh, that let them down. It's, you know, you've got to have good decisions uh, in in the halves. So I think the halves have to work a bit harder. <laughs> Unfortunately, though, as everything goes, the halves cop the brunt of the, um, the, brunt of the stuff for the time um, from from um, outside sources in the media and even us here at the Flying Whistle. At the end of the day, <coughs> your, your halves are the polish and your forwards are the glue. So if your forwards are going forward, well then the glue's been laid, you just gotta polish <coughs> polish it off. Um, and yeah, I don't think Ben Hunt's polishing off the stuff as best as possible. And unfortunately there isn't that many choices <coughs> going around in Queensland, so he's almost guaranteed a Queensland jersey. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, so yeah, Sharks for me. That's, well, that's um, 
that's the preview of round 11. Um, hopefully you all, hope all you guys get out there to a game. It is Indigenous round. So hopefully um, all <coughs> clubs get on board and have that Indigenous jersey. I'm um, seeing majority of them. They all look, you know, schmick and spam out there. So well, the Titans get to run at 17 Cliff Lions on the weekend. <laughs> Cliffies across the gut of all of them. Of Manly? Of Manly, yeah. yeah. I saw that. Yeah, there's some interesting jerseys out there. Some of the players and, you know, they brought, you know, the Indigenous communities in to, you know, to jump on board and, and design these. It's just great to see. Um, but that's the that's the um, preview for round 11. Fifey, um, you got a few mentions you want to talk about? Yeah, so obviously we do this at the end just to make sure that we cover our bases and don't get into trouble. We gather our our content and our and all our information from the NRL.com. CROrugbyleague.com, um, New South Wales Rugbyleague.com.au, and on our Facebook, we like to read up from the NRL news site. And for all our overseas stuff, we hit up serious about rugby league, which is done by Trev Smith and a few of his mates. And as you as you all know, Trev Smith is a regular on our on our podcast. We'll have to get him back on in the next month again. Um, for more information, you can listen to our podcast on the Anchor app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. You can hit us up on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash The Final Whistle RL, Instagram, The Final Whistle underscore RL. Email us on The Final Whistle RL at hotmail.com. The final whistle would like to announce we will have former Souths, Manly and Knights player Josh Darling on the podcast next week. We will be talking about his footy career and what he's doing post-NRL career. If you have any questions you would like um, us to ask him, uh, message us or, or email us. Um, we've been in talks with a few um, you know, different things here at the pod, uh, in our <coughs> podcast going... Um, you know, and you know, trying to, to grow our brand and whatnot. So we're in talks with um, the Welsh Mighty Ducks. They're going to play in the Nines, uh, the London Nines, in August. Uh, yeah, depending, depending on how my, my, my boys are going, I might actually be flying over there and coaching the Africa United side. So that'd be good. So we've got a, uh, affiliation <coughs> with the African United. Uh, we had the captain on last week, um, and also um, in talks with a few other. Uh, small international um, rugby league um, groups. I don't want to mention anything at the moment because nothing's locked in stone. Um, But like I said, thank you all for listening. Um, Tune in again next week. Um, We will preview round... uh, We will preview Origin round one. The the sides will be out then, won't it? This Sunday, the sides will be out? Yeah, no, the sides will be out. We'll have a look. We'll we'll touch on it, but we'll do a full full preview on the Tuesday right before the game. Yeah, 100%. So, um, yeah, we'll we'll have a look at the teams. Obviously, the teams should be out. They should be coming out this Sunday, Monday. So, we'll have a look at them, but we'll do a full origin wrap, or not a wrap, but a preview on Tuesday. Yeah, and and also, I'm still confirming... um, Hallatow, former Dogs and yeah, Tigers so player. Dean Hallatow, we reached out to him and he's uh, yeah, he's keen to come on. So um, just stay, stay a, tuned. Just got to lock it in for all of our busy schedules, but um, stay yeah. tuned with that. Um, yeah, that, that's it. That's all of us from the final whistle here. Thanks for tuning in. We'll chat again um, next Tuesday. Have a deadly weekend, guys.
And that's the final whistle.